Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to this Wednesday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. There is zero time to waste. We need to jump right into it. I'm going to start off by sharing with you some information I just moments ago received from the Utah State Legislature. It is a look at some of the proposals impacting the budget right now. So, as you know, Governor Herbert has called a special session of the Utah State Legislature. That will assemble tomorrow and Friday. In that special session, the legislature will address a number of things. We went through that list yesterday. One such thing, of course, is the budget. In fact, that's the number one priority to be addressed in this special session, the fifth of this year. And there was a lot of concern about education. I'm going to leave most of the description of this budget and the proposal uh, to the governor himself and legislative leadership who will be on this program at about 1.30 as they uh, deliver a press conference. That will also include a situational update from state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn. But back to the budget. What I have just now received are some of the details of the current budget proposal. And I just want you to pay close attention to this because education was one of the areas where many were fearful that cuts could be seen. I want to read you this paragraph directly from this document I've just received. It reads, the Utah legislature is committed to keeping its commitment to increase funding for education. The current budget proposal includes a 1.8% increase to the weighted pupil unit in addition to $50 million in enrollment growth funded in the base budget. Additionally, $125 million from the CARES funding will be allocated to uh, bolster online education and access. Education funding would increase by 1.3% overall, not including the enrollment growth included in the base budget. So I'm going to leave it at that. And let Oh, actually, one last thing I'll point out here. Social services. The proposed budget also aims to increase social services overall by 5.4%. So they're working on that right now. That's the proposal. We will see tomorrow and Friday how much of that actually turns into law. And further explanation, I anticipate, will come at about 1.30 today. So if you have questions about the budget, you want to be listening here at about 1.30. Also there, you're going to hear information on the current state of our battle against the coronavirus. Again, 1.30 today on this program. That is one of many items which will be covered on today's show. We're going to talk about outer space, specifically Utah's role in getting men and women back into outer space, beyond the space station, onto the surface of the moon again, and ultimately onto Mars. Northrop Grumman has shipped some rocket boosters. They have arrived at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. We're going to go over the mission that those rocket boosters will assist. And we will also be speaking to get this. This is pretty This is pretty cool. We, uh, at about 1 o'clock, will be speaking to Charlie Precourt. You heard that name before? Of course you have. He is right now the vice president of propulsion systems at Northrop Grumman. He's also a retired U.S. Air Force colonel and former NASA astronaut and space shuttle pilot and commander. He's going to explain to us exactly what these Utah-produced rocket boosters will do for the future of space flight 
<laughs> leaving this planet. It's exciting stuff, and you know how excited I get about space. So uh, stick with me. In the next segment, we're going to go through the mission, and then just after 1 o'clock, we're going to hear the specifics from the man responsible for the rockets. Also, also, Facebook. Facebook has made a stunning announcement today. And we're going to talk about this later on in greater detail. But very basically, it has been announced by Facebook, by Mark Zuckerberg himself, in fact, via an opinion piece he has published in USA Today. If you are not a fan of political ads in your newsfeed, very soon Facebook and Instagram will allow you to shut off political ads. You don't want to see candidates spouting off at you. You don't want to see PACs paying for ads, you don't want your news feed to be peppered with that type of stuff, click the button, it'll be turned off like that. What do you think about that? If given the option, would you remove political ads from your Facebook news feed? I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know exactly what you think. In fact, if you give me a call, if you leave me a voicemail, later on in the program, I'll find uh, time to air your comments live. Uh, 801-575-7668. That's the number. If you'd pick up the phone right now, call, let me know. If given the option, would you turn off political ads on Facebook and Instagram? 801-575-7668. We'll get into that later on. So that's all a preview of things to come. Right now, in the last few minutes of this segment, I want to talk to you about a tragedy, a, a tragic consequence of the state of affairs right now as it relates to law enforcement across this country. I was reading uh, an article earlier today which shares uh, some, some heartbreaking uh, information. Police officers across the United States are quitting their jobs Police officers across the United States are quitting their jobs. Now, if you go city by city and you hear from the respective chiefs of police, you'll hear that the, the numbers are not startling. The numbers are not going to compromise the strength and integrity and ability for police agencies, police departments, and sheriff's departments to, uh, to exercise you know, their duty to protect and serve. We're not to that point. But what we are seeing are larger numbers of resignations month to month right now in the midst of this unrest than we have seen historically. And that's a heartbreaking thing. That's a heartbreaking thing. And here in Utah, we are not immune from that. Specifically, the Salt Lake City Police Department. There have been now five officers to resign. Just this morning, Chief Brown of the Salt Lake City Police Department spoke with, uh, spoke on D2, David Dejanovic, that program, and says he's talked to each of these officers that are leaving. Most of them, he says, are going on to get an education or move on to a different chapter of their career. We have had, like you say, five, um, uh, and two of which are officers of color. And I've had a chance to talk with all of them and uh, to discuss why they're leaving and what drove their decision. And the three that I talked with, they're very young in their careers, um, and so they felt like it was a good time for them. Uh, it was uh, in support of their family, and so uh, they felt like they could go on and get an education and get into a different career. Scrutiny is something that is ever-present in the field of law enforcement, and particularly now as the magnifying glass is shown on departments across the country. Chief Brown says the level of scrutiny for his police has, in fact, increased. This job, I mean, it's highly scrutinized. Uh, it's always been scrutinized, but now even more so. And so I know that there, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of concern. And Chief Brown talked uh, about his officers and that despite uh, concerns, his officers, those remaining on the job, are still dedicated to their jobs. 
I will have to say, our officers, even despite everything that's gone on, have answered every call they've been called to go on, and they've showed up every day to work. So I'm very proud of this organization. Now, I have only a moment before I need to take a commercial break, but I want to say something to any officers who may be listening right now, uh, who may be on the fence about whether or not today's circumstance and the atmosphere and the attitudes uh, communicated to officers, if it is reason enough to push them out of the force, turn in their badge and gun and say maybe something else uh, will make me happier. I also would like to quickly leave a, a message for those who are considering joining law enforcement agencies. It is a noble profession. It is a worthwhile and good profession. And this too shall pass. Today's atmosphere and today's attitudes are only that of today. We are moving forward towards uh, some sort of shared understanding when it comes to uh, the various attitudes regarding law enforcement, specifically uh, on the congressional front. We heard uh, just yesterday some of the details of the Senate legislation introduced by Senator Scott. There's also been a House bill. Well, Senator Scott, Republican, says while the House bill goes further than he would like in some areas, he says that those two pieces of legislation are about 90 percent there. They're about 90% there. And what that indicates to me is that we are very soon going to enter into a new era and a new understanding and a new appreciation of law enforcement. If those in Congress can agree, then I think that maybe we here on the streets and in our communities can agree that law enforcement is not only necessary, uh, but it is noble. And when done correctly, when those who wear the uniform and the badge, uh, when they earnestly and nobly protect and serve, that they are the most upstanding, some of the most upstanding members of our community. So there is reason to stay in the profession, and there is reason to join the profession. I sometimes lament the fact that we have but one life to live. If I could go back in time and maybe plot my own story or my own course a little differently, I might be a law enforcement officer myself. My brother-in-law is, and I'm proud of him, and I'm proud of you as well. Got to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about outer space, specifically, as I mentioned earlier, Northrop Grumman and the delivery of rocket boosters to the Kennedy Space Center to send men and women back into outer space, back to the moon, back to Mars. Where does Utah fit into all that? I'll share it with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.